Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Sydney Brew Tours uh, beer cast podcast, live stream, extravaganza, whatever we want. We're going to be celebrating some beer tonight. And once again, welcome back to the music city acropolis of the south the beer city of nashville tennessee we're gonna enjoy two more amazing beers tonight uh from one awesome brewery jackalope brewing but before we jump into that welcome everybody once again it is i jonathan and then i've got my co-host for the month glenn how are you doing glenn i'm doing pretty good jonathan it's great to be here looking forward to trying out these fantastic looking beers I know they uh, they've been been sitting on my shelf and especially with the holidays the past couple, I want to say weeks, but it's been, you know, especially with people coming over, family oh, visiting. Yeah. I've been like having to hide them. I'm like, ooh, do I, I, I want to I was hiding them from myself. I, uh, what I wow. That's what I do is I like I, I have I, I'm having a well, as you know, I'm having a tasting party at my place soon. So I have some beers in my fridge here for that. And then I have these. And I'm like, OK, I have to make sure the ones in front are the ones that I can just have on a day-to-day basis. And then I was getting ready for tonight and I, I could barely, it took me to the last second to find one of these beers. I'm like, okay, I might, I might have to do it with the, uh, with the other uh, Jackalope beer, but no, I found both of them and I'm really, really looking forward to them. Yeah, no, I, and I think if we're looking forward to it, we can talk about these beers all day long, but I think we should just go ahead and crack one open. And I know that, you know, we've cracked open a beer yesterday we're good drinking buddies, but we, I think we should have a drinking buddy as drinking buddies. So we're going to crack open the um, the Jackalope drinking buddy first. Um, it's a classic golden ale. So we're just going to, it's a beautiful can. It is. Love, I love all, all their cans have all those fun. Oh, that's a good crack. Fun little designs, little stars on there. Um, just always, always fun. And of course you got the Jackalopes on there. Some roosters. And that certainly is a golden ale as it's pouring out there. Oh, yeah. And for those that are listening and those joining us here on the live stream with the golden ale, 5.2% ABV and officially a zero IBU. So we're, we're going to jump into that. We also have Steve from uh, Jackalope. So maybe he'll have some insights on that yes, for I, us. I, I certainly hope so. Um, yeah. But cheers. Cheers. Well, this one won't last long. No, it's a good thing we have two beers tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's Zero a... IBU. Zero IBU. There it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to last long at all. This is, it's a good thing I didn't open it during Thanksgiving because that would have been perfect with all of my, all the foods. We do all mm-hmm. the traditional fixings, you know, with the, the turkey, gravy, yeah. mashed potato, sweet potato. And that would have, I know last time we were talking about some people are like, oh, amber ales, brown ales. I feel like this golden ale would have been right on there and would have been a perfect pairing for all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just classic, according to them. It's classic drinking buddy golden ale. Um, just a good bright beer to share with a friend. So I feel yeah. like it's perfect for tonight uh, with all of us uh, drinking not only with you, we're going to bring on Steve here in just a minute, but also with all of our friends that join us every time that we oh, yeah. stream and those that are listening on all of the socials. Um, 
crack this open, enjoy this drinking, buddy. Um, but as we're, you know, as we're going to go through, I know last time we talked a lot about Nashville and sure. you know food, especially because I think I was getting hungry and looking forward to Thanksgiving. But now that it's passed, I ate way too much food. So I'm like, mm, maybe we shouldn't focus on so much food and Nashville. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I still, I still could take, take some hot chicken anytime. Oh no, 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 definitely a hot chicken. Uh, any of the, the desserts there, the coffee, everything. Yeah. Um, and of course, like it also, we also know it for the music, but I was doing a little more research and there's a huge beer history uh, yeah. with, with Nashville. Um, obviously a lot of it before, you know, the Civil War and things like that. But there were even some breweries in the early 1800s, up like 1818s, up to the 1850s, um, which I didn't even realize that they had breweries that that early. But then obviously with everything that happened in that area over the years, then a lot of it went away and then went to other cities or they kind of had shifts. Well, sure. Um, I mean, it kind of like left the country after prohibition for a while. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, there. Are, I think there are probably places in every state in the country probably have their own great pre-prohibition beer history. Then it took almost a hundred years to recover from that nonsense. Right. Yeah. Which is, but I didn't even realize that. Like, because I remember growing up so close to there, hearing about Germantown, and Germantown was the one of the northern. Well, now it would be like the northern suburbs of North Nashville, and they were doing all German beers, which was interesting. Really, I, I, really cool. I, I spent a year, uh, a little more than a year in uh, Memphis. Uh, they have a German town too. I feel like everywhere, <laughs> everywhere in the uh, do, yeah. I mean, because um, I knew I had one where I grew up in in Dayton, but uh, but I remember that like in Memphis, German town is the rich suburb. Mm. when people were talking about how the people with the money, they talk about German town. Oh, interesting. I, I, I don't know if the German town in Nashville has a similar aesthetic, but there you go. Yeah, I you know what? I think we should bring in an expert and find out. So, I think so. we do have Steve Wright uh, from Jackalope. Um, so I'm going to bring Steve in and we're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out if Germantown is the rich part, but also how the beer history and the beer scene has progressed. Um you know, in from the 1800s all the way up to now, because I also know that Jackalope has been around since 2011. And so you welcome, Steve. Uh, and I know you guys were one of the first breweries in in Nashville, especially with that scene right behind you, one of the first ones to can as well. That's right. This is this is real. This is definitely not a green screen behind me, too. Um, <laughs> Mine's real, too. You know, right. it's, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they, they they come in they paper our walls it's crazy yeah, yeah. unbelievable um yeah we uh yeah we opened in 2011 and uh we're one of the first uh women-founded breweries in the country um and you know i think yazoo actually i know yazoo ha- was the brewery that had opened before us in nashville and they had opened eight years prior okay. and before them was blackstone brewing company and so really i mean there was really you know, three distributing breweries in Nashville when we opened and uh, just kind of a wild to, to think of, yeah, how, how rich the history was, you know, way back and then nothing for a long time. And then, you know, here we are again, um, you know, boom city with, with a, a lot of, a lot of breweries now. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even, 
want to take a guess at how many there are. <laughs> but to answer your question about Germantown, I've lived in both Memphis and Nashville, familiar with both Germantowns. Uh, you know, they're both pretty wealthy. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, that's the, the, there. We see, we bring an expert in and we just solve the question right off the bat. Um, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so, Steve, let introduce us to you a little bit. Um, I know we've ch- chatted a little bit, but for all of our listeners, um, let us know who you are. What what do you do at Jackalope? And kind of how did you, how did Jackalope come out of it? And then how yeah. did you get into this craft beer scene in Nashville that does have that rich history, but then also, you know, as you mentioned, yeah. the brewery before you guys was only eight years before that. So that's early 2000s, which is fairly young beer scene uh, overall. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, yeah, I'd love to love love to answer that. Um, yeah, originally I, I'm from I'm from Massachusetts, originally from the Boston area. And, uh, you know, I came down south to, to Memphis to go to school and, and to play college baseball, uh, played at Rhodes College. And, you know, when I graduated, um, I thought what I wanted to do with my life was was to coach college baseball. Uh, and so I immediately got a job actually up in New York coaching college baseball at the United States Merchant Marine Academy in Kings Point, New York. Um, and, you know, worked there for a couple of years. And, you know, then it became pretty clear I was going to have to kind of move around for, for the jobs, uh, you know, with coaching. You kind of just got to move around for them. Uh, moved back to Memphis, coached at my alma mater, Rhodes, for a couple more years, and then decided I, I was kind of done with with that end chapter um, of, of my life, and actually took a job as a uh, as a buyer at a uh, you know plumbing manufacturer, and so I would buy plumbing stuff and sell it to Home Depot and Lowe's, valves, faucets, anything in the plumbing world, but. You know, that became pretty relevant later when I met my now business partner uh, once I moved to Nashville and, uh, you know, she was talking about starting a brewery. And I said, you know, I think I can help source some equipment. Um, You know, so I was I was on board with Jackalope before we opened its doors and helped source the equipment, um, helped put the brew house together. And, you know, we opened in May of 2011 on a 15 barrel brew house. Um, at that time, like we said, like I said, there was just Yazoo had opened eight years before us, you know, some of memories from the early days was just like talking to the city and trying to explain to them what we were even doing. Um, you know, it was a pretty foreign concept. They hadn't licensed a brewery in eight years or done the permitting for it. And so, you know, there's just a lot of questions, but, you know, we eventually got the doors open in May, um, and very quickly had outgrown our, uh, our business plan. Uh, we were selling every drop we could make. It was all draft only at the beginning uh, until 2013 when we started um, using a mobile canner to to start, um, you know, canning our beer. Um, and uh, in 2018, we moved to a new facility, got our own canning line, and uh, that's where we are now. And that's the brewery you see behind me. Nice. Impressive. So that's always always a journey, and I always love talking to brewers and owners, yeah. and because it usually starts small, you know, fifteen beer barrels for normal person. They're like, "Oh, fifteen barrels of beer. That sounds like a lot. That's which is not a lot of beer." Yeah. Um, and you know, averagely, you're looking at maybe around thirty kegs of beer. 
yeah. total at a time. Um, out of that brew house of like 15 barrels, how many were you able to kind of different styles were you able to produce on that system? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, I probably, I mean, like, we, whenever we could squeeze in a fun fun brew like for for the taproom we always have and we always did and so i mean we probably in the years that we were at um the original location on 8th avenue uh, which was between 2011 and, and 2018 i mean we we probably came out with 30 30 plus brews um that being said we we stuck we'd five like main ones that we distributed um, but what's nice about a 15 barrel brew house and in a city like Nashville that was growing and, and really starving for craft beer, you know, 15 barrels is is big, but it's not so big that you couldn't do a batch and still go through it in your tap room. Yeah. And so we were fortunate enough in that regard to kind of have the right sizing. It's actually more of a challenge now to do small. Now that we have a bigger brew house, it's more challenging to do those one offs. Yeah. Um, and so, what is your brew house size now? Now so that you've scaled we're, up to actually having your own canning line too. Yeah, we're we're a 30 barrel, but it's way more efficient where you know, we used to do, you know, I I'd, I'd get into the brew house at like 3 in the morning and you know, brew until, you know, 4 the next day and then somebody else would come in. We basically were brewing all night by the time we we uh we're leaving there and you know maybe the maybe the lights were off between like midnight and three um and that that was about it so um you know our new our new system it's 30 barrels but i mean it's night and day we can do three brews in 12 hours now whereas three that's brews awesome. would take us 24 hours before that's really cool yeah and so tell us a little bit about the first one that we're having. We'll jump into the Thunder yeah. Ann here in a minute, oh, um, yeah. which I always, I grew up listening and like with Davy Crockett and, and all of that. So this one, the Thunder <laughs> Ann is special. I, uh, I even me. played Davy Crockett in a children's musical <laughs> company uh, in the in the late 80s. So yeah. yeah. I'm, so uh, I feel like that Thunder <laughs> Ann is right on. It's we're, on we're, we're, we're connected would, to all that, yeah. I'd like to find that footage, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably uh, in a vault somewhere. Yeah, really it is. Hidden. It's a it's a whole it's a whole other uh, Alabama route to go through. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's where the company was. So yeah, that that's a thing. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but yeah, with this drinking buddy, this golden ale. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a yeah great beer just to drink. Um, and I know me and Glenn have talked about this in the past as well. But when you see a beer with like zero IBU. Um, you're always like for myself, I'm always questionable. I'm like, is it actually zero IBU? Um, because I'm like questioning C- myself. I'm like, is it zero IBU? Is that what it says? <laughs> that's, that's what, what it says. Yeah. That's what it says um, yeah. on, on the site and on the can. Yeah. But, um, but I know with, that's always the question is, you know, when you break it down scientifically, it's like, yeah, the scales and, you know, the assets and the right. hops. It's technically zero IBU, but then you have that perceived bitterness on there that exactly. is different for every person. Sure. Um, so if anyone, anyone in the chat and then anyone listening to this, throw in a comment if you've had this beer, if you think that it is zero IBU or if it has a little bit of bitterness to it. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering, like, no, where this 
you know, the idea of like a classic right. golden ale um, or because you guys do a, a wide range of styles as well. Um, kind of where did this one kind of come from of just being a good old yeah. drinking body? Absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes in beer, the, the best ideas are really the simplest ideas. And like, uh, yeah. And by the way, Jonathan says it comes up. I I would agree, by the way, that I do think that there's a little bit of hoppiness to it. I yeah. actually get some citrus in there. A little bit. A little bit. Well. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, man, I got to go check that website. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. The, the idea itself, I, I think sometimes the best ideas are the simplest ideas. And, and you know, for this, you know, sometimes I, I, I talk about opening a brewery and, and particularly in Nashville, you know, in the, in the same way, like the people who were around when we opened are truly almost like the friends that you went to high school with. And so when we were opening, there was a there was a hot chicken place called Hattie B's Hot Chicken. It's a pretty well known here in, in Nashville that was opening around the same time. And uh, we were really friendly with the, the owners of Hattie B's and, and just kind of going through the process of opening a business, um, you know, with with other other folks who were from the Nashville area and, and lived there and became really good friends with them. They, be, in fact, became our drinking buddies. And so we had always talked and we actually experimented with a lot of different, uh, you know, brews for Hattie B's. They, they were like, oh, it's Jackalope. Are you guys ready to, to make a beer for us? And, you know, like I said, we were on a 15 barrel system and, you know, it was hard to kind of squeeze in any brews and it was never the right time. We tried a few small batch where we actually made a hot chicken beer at one time and really just wanted something to come together with Hattie B's. And it didn't really work out for a long time until last year, uh, right before the Craft Brewers Conference came to Nashville. Um, we actually launched this during the Craft Brewers Conference in Nashville. Um, we were finally able to 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 make Drinking Buddy, which you know, is really a tribute to a very long-standing friendship that we've had with Hattie B's Hot Chicken. We worked with their executive chef to come up with a recipe that would pair perfectly with hot chicken. And and that's why, you know, I do get a little bit, you know, there is purposefully a little bit of hot bitterness in it. I truly need to go back and look and see why it says zero IBUs because I, I don't think it is zero IBUs. Um, but we needed a we needed a little bit of hop character to yeah. really stand up to that hot chicken. Yeah, it uh, seems like if it didn't have a little bit of hot profile, the 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 yeah, uh, the chicken would just crowd it out of the room. <laughs> exactly, jo yeah, exactly, Jonathan. I invite you to try that beer while eating hot chicken. It comes off way less, <laughs> way less hoppy when you yeah. do that. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it it. it you know, that that that's really where it came from was just a, a very genuine friendship with with another local business um, that 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 we've stayed friends with them. And I think of, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Jr. Um, as as really good friends uh, who who have, you know, speak the same language as us. And um, and, and with all of the with Nashville growing as much as it has, it's it's kind of heartwarming to kind of see two businesses that, that really were started by you know, people who were living in Nashville, you know, 15 years ago. So it's, it's, it, it's, it's been really cool. And I think it's uh, also really relatable where we all have that drinking buddy. We all have that person that we person or people or organization that, that, that we kind of look to, to just kind of have a beer with and, and have fun and not think. Yeah, no. And as you were saying the hot chicken, I was like, oh yeah. 
This is going to be, this is, re- <laughs> this would be really good with some hot chicken. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause uh, it's just, it's just mild enough that it was just like, it offers some relief and still you get to it's, but it's not just that it's not like you're just, I mean, just holding onto a pitcher of water or some milk. It's like, it's actually something like, yeah, this can give you the relief and actually uh, the flavor stands up to it. Right. Yeah. And I'm yeah. even getting like a little bit of like a honey um, aspect to it. And so that honey yeah. with, uh, yeah, I'm, now I'm getting hungry. And I, I told Glenn from the beginning, I was like, we're going to stay away from talking about hot chicken because we did a lot on the last episode. Right. Um, yeah. But just now that you're saying, I'm like, yeah, now, now I need to go get some hot chicken, get another yeah. one of these beers and have that together. Because, you know, making a beer, you know, as a, as a brewery, you do want to make beer that can sell. But when you can make that with that partnership of yeah. a local business, um, which happens all the time here in New York as well, um, whether it's with a restaurant or with a music artist or anything of that collaboration, um, that's where you do have those drinking buddies. You have those profiles that it works on its own. It works with the food. But then also you just have, as you mentioned, those friendships and having it had grown up in Indiana, just not too far from Nashville, you know, you have that Southern hospitality, that Southern relationship that if you're a couple miles down the road, you're going to know each other. Like, it's just like you will. Um, So you might as well help each other out. And so you said it took you guys a a few tries. How many tries did it take to get it right with the hot wings? Or this would probably be the third try. Uh, Okay. In the first okay. two tries, we were we were not going for complimenting hot chicken. We were going to like supplement the heat, and we were using Hattie B's spices in it. And I mean, it it did not. I mean, basically, the spice killed the yeast, and it was a disaster. We never even <laughs> served those beers. They didn't get out of our our brew house. Uh, you know, couldn't give that away to thirsty college kids. Um, <laughs> that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> I, I feel like most spicy beers that I've had that are actual trying to be spicy have, have been in the stout category. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, like your Mexican stout, Mexican ones like the based on Mexican hot chocolate, or I've yeah. even had some with some great like uh, habanero peppers in there. Oh, there mm-hmm. there was I do remember one. Uh, it was um, so there's a mango. Uh, it was it was a mango beer with habanero in it and that that went together really well but yeah, yeah. But it's it's tricky when you introduce spice into it oh my gosh yeah 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 disaster not well for us <laughs> um yeah just would not recommend two thumbs down um but we we I, I do think we nailed it with uh with drinking buddy and not, not trying to you know make a spicy beer but make a beer that just just goes well with hot chicken and goes well also just with a buddy. I mean, it's really, it's a lot, it's a fun beer too, where it's like, I mean, our tap room, <laughs> you know, just the upsell, you can be, Oh, do you want a drinking, but you know, if somebody comes in and yeah. is alone, you're like, would you like a drinking buddy? Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's a good upsell. It's in like addition a, to the drinking right, buddy beer, do you guys have drinking buddies? They're just like hanging around yeah, the top exactly. room. The like, hey, come over here, just come. It's a great idea. Yeah. Just it comes it with this, this this friend, Steve. Yes, <laughs> I feel like you'd have to sort of fill out a little survey to find yeah. out if you had mutual interest. So, like, okay, uh, you yep. know, uh, no sports. Okay, no sports. Uh, I'm just thinking about what mine would be. No sports. Maybe able to talk about cinema and you know yeah. things like that and like okay yeah, uh, yeah. I think we we've got the drinking buddy just for you right <laughs> like wow. like those old Monty Python sketches where uh, where they go in to to discuss philosophy <laughs> I love it 
now I'm just imagining the Jackalope tap room just has like a middle school like dance of like people standing against the wall waiting for their drinking buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, lo- I like all of these ideas. I'm like, this is we're just gonna have to have like pictures of people and you just point to your buddy. Um there you yeah. Go. Yeah. And I love that. I love that Jonathan was talking about how that that that's that's part of the whole notion of like that Southern hospitality. Uh, and there's definitely the, its own brand of it down there. But I also feel that like that's that's how craft beer is in general. Yeah. There's just always such a sense of of community and and, and all that. It is. And I, I think right now, more than ever, and, and I feel like, Jonathan, you were kind of hitting on this in craft beer. It's like tapping into that again. You know, so much of that community is what we all started for. And then, you know, the hype craze kind of happened with the hype beer. But, you know, right now, I don't know if that same hype is is here in craft beer. And it's almost like getting back to your roots, getting back to being creative and getting back to community. And that's kind of the way we we think about it, where it's like we're now pair, you know, pairing our beer with experiences, be it eating, be it, you know, friendships, uh, music, whatever it is. It's 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 kind of getting back to, you know, craft beer being something that can complement um, something else rather than being the feature story. Yeah, no, for sure. And I and like obviously we see that in each individual city that not only we visit with each mm-hmm. month, but that each of us lives in. I know in New York, that's every day I'm talking to brewers, I'm talking to them and they're like, oh, yeah we're doing this new collaboration we're doing this one and it's yeah again not only just for them but it's to just bring that community and because you know it is a kind of tough time for alcohol sales and for craft brewers and so anything that can bring that experience and bring it back of well let's Mm -hmm. just give back let's just this is what we love to do this is what we love to drink so let's let's have fun with it as much as, as as much as uh, uh, beer is associated with like sports and competition, I feel like the craft beer community is more about lifting each other up than than who can sell the most beer, you know, between them, like trying to compete with your yeah. with your neighbors. Like we all we all wanted if, if some of us, if all of us are doing well, we're all doing well. Yep. Agreed. I, I think I got that phrase right. I'm not sure. I'm some, something like that. Yeah. I, someone, can, sports... someone correct me in the chat if they have a better version of that. Right. If Rise, a... Rising tide floats all ships. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Let's see. And that's, that's how our community comes together. So our community comes up with some not very good phrases, and then some. Then, then by, because we're brainstorming all together, someone comes up with the, with the, the exact right one. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And I think um, you know, I just ran out of my other beer, so yeah, I, I was, I was talk- nursing the end of mine. But yeah, yeah I know I was too. I was like, but um, as we are talking about collaborating, I think we should come together and open up our second one. Um, so we will open up, uh, for anyone that's just joining us, just jumping in. Um, the second one tonight is going to be the Thunder and American Pale Ale. And I've seen this one, um, cause I know you guys started recently distributing here in New York and I've seen this one float around and, I've actually had this one before and it's, it's just so good. Um, I've had a few of your beers, which is it's awesome. Again, kind of, you'd be like, you know, only on that, that, you know, that 30 beer barrel system, but you're still sending out and distributing to other places. So cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Absolutely. Oh, I'll wait Get for it. Steve to finish pouring. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> you got quite the head on that one. I, yeah. I am notoriously the worst pourer ever. 
I try to do a good job and I, I do a good job when I'm not on a camera, but then anytime that I'm doing a live stream, I'm like, yeah, that was a really bad pour. <laughs> yep. So uh, on the can, you, 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 uh, you'll notice we got some good poems on here. I don't know. If, uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Rough and Tough was Thunder Ann. Took Davy Crockett as her man. She was wrestled. Oh, she wrestled bears and lassoed snakes. Baked alligators into cakes. Ooh. Her legend lives inside the brew with water, hops, and barley, too. So drink it up. Drink it well. Like Thunder Ann. Go give them hell. Yeah. Nice. There we are, yeah. Yeah. Now that's, yeah, this one is so good. Yeah, the the uh, hoppiness, it's definitely more hoppy than the previous one. And the hoppiness kind of creeps up on you. Like my first couple of sips, like, no, this is pretty mild. This is like kind of an unassuming hops. I'm like, oh, okay, it's there. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a good way. Not in a, not in a, an early West Coast punch you in the face kind of way. But it's definitely uh, showing up. Yeah. When we opened in 2011, um, you know, pale ales were huge. And, and the big beer in Nashville at that time was Yazoo Pale. And so we wanted something, you know, not not necessarily compete with it. But, you know, that was that was the model. That was the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale that everybody was looking at. But, you know, that was Yazoo Pale was Nashville's version of that. And so, um, you know, Thunder Inn was kind of our answer for 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 Yazoo Pale. And, uh, you know, the beer itself, we didn't have an IPA at the time. And so we, we wanted to make it just a little bit of a hoppier pale ale just to, to differentiate it from the Yazoo pale a little bit. Yeah, no, it's great. And, you know, with the color difference, you know, you have that little bit of that sweetness in there. Um, but yeah, you definitely get kind of that idea of that Sierra Nevada, that kind of earthy, the pine, um, that's one thing I love about American pale ales is if you did a blind tasting with American pale ales and American IPAs, on some cases, you might be like, I'm not, is this, is this one, is this not? Yeah. Um, just because you can still get a really good hop profile from a pale ale, but I feel like anyone that's more into, and not to bash anyone into hype brew or hype beers, but, you know, there went like four hop blends, five hop blends right. and all the hops. But you can get that really nice hop character with just a good pale ale. Um, and I, I feel like they don't get the the exposure that really they deserve um, just because it's a good classic beer. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, I would say Sierra Nevada Pale Ale might be my favorite beer of all time. I mean, it's other than Jackalope beers. Love <laughs> Sierra Nevada Pale and. I don't know. Love pale ales in general. <laughs> I can't. I have lost count of how many times brewers on on this podcast and on the stream <laughs> have said man, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is one of their favorite. Like, oh uh, man, I'm a sadistic. <laughs> no, no, but, it's yeah, it's great. Well, though, I, it's I, such a good I, beer. I find that like with these beers now that are trying to create new things, uh, like we had the one a couple weeks ago that called itself a Tennessee. IPA we've been trying the Midwest IPAs a lot of them I think I feel a lot of those beers have a lot more in common with just a standard pale ale than a mm-hmm. than an IPA yeah this I've been mean, this is like intern like I I have this debate myself like we we like to taste beers on Fridays from like just other breweries and just kind of expand you know our 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 um you know our our 
knowledge. And, um, you know, I've, I've put Thunder Ann with other breweries, what they call an IPA or a session or whatever. And sometimes it does feel a little bit, even being in this industry, that, you know, what the style is, is really what what the brewery has determined yeah. they want to call it. And it's a little bit of a marketing piece yeah. on, you know, what what might have been a pale ale before is now an IPA or, you know, it's it's IBUs. I'm not sure what they mean anymore sometimes <laughs> because, you know, some of these hazy IPAs and I'm not bashing hazy IPAs yeah. or anything. But because I, I do enjoy them, but they're all back end hops, and technically they really don't have many IPA uh, IBUs, and yeah. that used to be how you would differentiate a pale ale and a IPA, and now it's you know it's it's all a little no pun intended hazy. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a little bit unclear even to somebody in the industry what differentiates a pale ale from an IPA, um, you know. Because, it, 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 you know, it really just takes trying them, I guess, to, to determine and everybody's taste is different. Yeah, what yeah. I find myself telling people is that uh, IBUs, don't be confused by that word B for bitter because it has nothing to do with how bitter it tastes. That IBUs are strictly, because that's when you say you're not sure what the IBUs are. I, I may I, Correct me if I'm wrong on this. I always thought that IBUs were something that that was scientifically quantifiable it about is, the hop yeah. content. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so it might, so it it, it, it it they're not lying when they say it's got a high IBU, but they yes. just have other things in it that undercut that actually standing yeah. for bitterness. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, like a West Coast IPA. I think typically, like those those you'll you'll taste and those I guess will you know they they'll typically have high IBUs. They yeah. have you know as somebody who used to brew all of the beers, uh, you know those are ones that have a lot of front end hops, meaning the hops went in, in the beginning of the boil mm -hmm. right. and that gives the beer, a lot of, a lot of, of bitterness um, with so many of the IPAs and, and that gives it the IBUs, the, the, right. the, yeah. the it gives it the bitterness units and the, that's where the number comes from and things that you put in post, post, uh, um, you know, boil, like in the whirlpool really give very little IBUs. Yeah. Right. They give a ton of perceived bitterness. Right. Um, like perceived, aroma. Yeah. Aroma. Yeah. But that's why, like, you have like the double and triple IPAs definitely scientifically have a higher IBU, yeah. but they have a much sweeter taste to it yeah. than one of those punch in the face West Coast IPAs. Yep. Yeah. Well, exactly. And of course, that's not touching on any adjuncts added in either that right. will bring down or enhance the perceived bitterness. They might change the flavor, but they won't change the actual IBUs. Yeah, the IBUs don't change, but the perceived bitterness, um, which I always find fascinating. And I tell people all the time um, when I'm doing tours or anything of like, just like, I don't even look at IBUs anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm- A lot of places aren't even listing them anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I've, even know the drinking buddy IBUs. Yeah, I, I found it for you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, because I've, I've had a like 9,500 IBU beers, and then I've had a this is a couple different zero IBU beers, and sometimes the zero IBU are more bitter than the 95, 85, 95 because of that perceived bitterness. Because they're also in those 85s, 95s, they're also dry hopping. Mm -hmm. dry hopping them as much as they can. And so that's going to be overpowering all of that. Or sometimes you can get like an 85 with um, an additional like 
you know, if they're putting, making it a milkshake IPA, then that lactose is going to cut any of that. And, you know, there's all of those variables. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know this was going to turn into the IPA uh, episode, no. but I there don't... we go. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> all of our IPA fans, you're welcome. You are yeah. welcome. Uh, now, we have been talking about, you know, the ingredients and all of this. I want to ask something that's a little more nuanced, and that is jackalope. Yes. So your beers are classic, classic golden ale, classic American pale ale, really traditional. And I just amazing. I love some of the seasonals I've seen on your website, too. I'm yeah. uh, I'm almost sorry we didn't get to get a chance to try that snowman stout. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome. Oh, there you go. You got one right there. Oh, is it, in, is me. it in New York? Is it in New York right I, now? I think so. If not, it will oh, be. Soon. Okay, we'll, it. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get yeah. it. Um, but yeah, you know, like. All these beers are classic, traditional, but a jackalope's not a traditional animal. So we had some theories, but we want to know where did jackalope, the name, come <laughs> yeah, from? I, uh, yeah, I know you're not there from the very beginning, Steve, but hopefully someone oh. along the way told you why they chose jackalope as the name. Well, I was pretty much there from the beginning, but I was not there when that when Bailey came up with the name jackalope, which is true. Uh, and so Bailey, our founder... Um, you know, the way the way I like to tell it is that uh, she be- she believed in uh, jackalopes for an uncomfortably long period of time uh, that they were, in fact, real. Oh, wow. And that's the way I that's why I say it. And then she would actually probably correct me and say, Steve, they are real. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, then the name Jackalope um, came Bailey. Bailey, uh, she's 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 a dummy. She went to Harvard and then she went to Vandy Law School. Um, real, real dummy. Uh, but uh no, she she um she the smartest thing she ever did was probably uh, decide not to become a lawyer and 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 to open a brewery. And so you know when she was I think in her third year of law school, uh, somebody gave her you know she she had been home brewing throughout law school and somebody gave her uh, I believe it was a sweatshirt and it was a an airbrushed picture of a, a jackalope and it said believe in yourself and it was I think one of those really well timed gifts where. So that's that's the name. That's that's when I open my brewery, that's what it's going to be called. And so that's where the name Jackalope comes from. It's kind of that call to action. Believe in yourself, follow your dreams. Um, you know, that's really what it means to us. And um, we kind of love the debates. People will come in and ask, oh, is that is that a real is that a, are Jackalope's real? You'll be surprised. There are a lot of people who ask and will insist that they are real. Wow. And um, Yeah. And so we kind of play into that a little bit, but so Steve, do you believe they're real? I do not. Okay. Okay. All right. No, I, I mean like, yeah, I, uh, I believe in the spirit, uh, the spirit of all of it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that there are horned rabbits, uh, roaming around the Southern Tennessee. <laughs> right. But, but if you, if you can actually believe in, in horned rabbits, that's a good leg up to believing in yourself and believing things that other people will tell you are impossible yeah, exactly. are actually yeah. possible. So that's a wonderful philosophy. I love that. I, I know. Thank you. I need to write that down. What you just said. That is my <laughs> answer. I choose Glenn's answer. Uh, <laughs> so again, you set it up for me and and I knocked him down. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, though that's, and I always love it when there's a story behind, because sometimes people are just like, this is our name because this is what we thought was cool. But when there is a story of, you know, that jackalope of bringing that dream of coming in and just going for it, uh, which obviously it worked out. 
Uh, well, it's much better. Before I before we started talking about this tonight, I just thought of him as like some kitschy thing you found out of the corner of a Cracker Barrel. But now, right. now it's 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 so much more. It yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's about the idea of the jackalope, yeah. not just the right. not just the taxidermied rabbit with the horns on it. Yeah, um, and that's that part of it. I mean, like all of our beers are named after mythical or legendary creatures. And, you know, the poem that, that you read, all of our cans or all of our year round cans have a poem attached to it. Another fun fact is uh, the person who writes those poems is a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, Maggie Shipstead writes them. Uh, and she's a good friend of Bailey's uh, from 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 Harvard. And so she's awesome. she writes all the poems. And, you know, it's a cool little connection there as well and the poems usually will will tell the story of the legend that that the, each beer is named after so i do have to ask do the legends inspire the beers or do the beers inspire the legends of the names both ways both ways okay. sometimes the legends inspire the beer and sometimes the beer inspire you know it, it it really truly is maybe one of the more fun things about brewery is naming the beers and and coming up with them and 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 it you know, Bailey writes just about and has probably written 90% of the recipes for Jackalope. But, you know, the names sometimes come before the 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 beer and, and sometimes she'll write a recipe and we'll find a legend that goes with it. Nice. What has been the craziest recipe that Bailey or anyone has come up with at Jackalope? Ooh. besides adding spice oh, yeah let's let's right. let's say the craziest successful and then the craziest unsuccessful let's put yeah. both of them up there there you go mm. we'll take dramatic sips uh for dramatic yeah I, you know i think early on and in, in, in one of like the more fun ones that we we like to debate because it was really a love it or hate it thing and bailey will say it was one of her favorite beers that she ever made and i will say that was awful is uh she made a beet beer called number one frog. And I just really feel like beets are a really polarizing ingredient in general. And you know, if you don't like beets, you weren't going to like this beer. I didn't, but Hmm. she loves it. And it's just one of those ingredients. Um, And so. I honestly, I think there are certain ingredients that when brewed properly can transcend your prejudices. Cause uh, I don't, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the others about beets. But I recently had a really good beet stout. Really, uh, nice. from a place from upstate New York. Yeah, I was thought it was uh, fantastic. What was, sti- what, what was the style? What was the style of this this beet beer? I think it was a saison. Okay, oh, okay, that could work. Or that <laughs> it's yeah. like farmhousey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I also way. can't stand mushrooms myself. Yeah. Uh, but I have had a few mushroom stouts because really? it's more about because it's more of that earthy quality. Mm-hmm. Doesn't taste like mushroom. But it adds that earthiness to it for like yeah. a, an imperial stout. Interesting. Yeah, Very I've cool. also had a beet, uh, a beet and ginger cider that worked really well. But the ginger cut the earthiness, so it mm-hmm. kind of worked. But also on the stout aspect, uh, one of my favorite stouts from a brewery here, Big Alice, they did an oyster stout, and everyone is like oysters and beer. Like, what are what are you doing? Um, but it works really well. So I've had I feel, a lot of good oyster stouts. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you can, you know, it does depend on the palate, but also the style makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, so the beat Saison, successful yeah. on Bailey's side, not so successful on your side. Right. So what, yeah. Yeah. what was the most successful crazy one on your aspect? I mean, I don't know if it's like really uh, like crazy now in terms of like, 
where craft beer has gone, but I feel like early on we made a, uh, a, a coffee blonde. And oh. I remember just thinking it was like, wow, I can't believe we're doing this. And it felt really crazy at the time. And it was really successful. People loved it. And, and there really weren't a lot of, you know, coffee blondes or anything like that at the time. And so, um, you know, that one was, was really popular in our, uh, um, in our, in our tap room. I think we called it coffee, coffee stills and Nash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I love a good coffee blonde and you don't really get them. They had like a heyday for a couple years and then yeah. now Did they ever really approach quite the level of heyday. There were a point where I, like I might teach two a year that to me, that's the biggest heyday I got with like, I mean, okay, right. maybe I got found three this last year. Yeah. Uh, but they always seem unique. Uh, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I, I think I've, it, I always feel strange. Same like, you know, when someone has a white stout. Yeah. I mean, it's, golden it's, stout. Exactly. Exactly. That That's, that's kind of where my mind was at the time. Yeah. And it's why, I mean, like, I'm sure I could think of other things that we've done, but you know, we, we try not to get too crazy um, no. with ours and, and, and stay within it. So, you know, some of the things that, that seemed kind of, wild at the time have now become pretty like oh yeah that's you know when when you've got orange sherbet ice cream sours uh you know it's it 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 really you know a beet beer doesn't seem that crazy <laughs> or a coffee blonde yeah uh, yeah i think i think of the only thing of all the things that have contradictory names to it that ever really took off was probably black ipas Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, but it's it, 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 it but it's still funny to have something that starts with the word black when some when the initials stand for one of the things the initials stand for pale, That's so right. they're directly contradictory, <laughs> and yet that is a legitimate, mm-hmm. very popular yeah. style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we 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 love we still do one one a year. Uh, we uh, we love Bruce Springsteen. We do a big. Uh, we have a Bruce Springsteen cover band come out every year and we release spruce beer steam which is a black ipa <laughs> with spruce tips um oh, that sounds great one of my favorite days of the year we do it on his birthday uh we've invited the boss he's never shown up um but he also has not sent a cease and desist yet so that's really awesome that's i feel like that's a win if you don't get the cease and desist then you're like yeah, yeah. The beer. yeah exactly well, he's not hearing about it so i don't right. know if yes. either way <laughs> either way it's still a win so yeah. Um, oh, that one sounds so good, though. I love beers with like with those spruce tips in there. They're just especially in a black IPA, oh, um, which is so- yeah. RJ in the chat just mentioned a, a white chocolate cheesecake that is a stout imperial double white golden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I, I don't know where to start with that one. <laughs> I I do have an imperial uh, golden stout in my fridge right now from. Who's that? It's probably Alma Gang, um, most likely. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I love like an imperial or like a golden stout because you also don't get those that often. Um, but yeah, it's kind of again, it's that contradictory of that black IPA because you're like mm-hmm. golden stout, but you think of stout as black, but you think of the IPA. It's yeah, it is what it is. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so. Steve, we are we're getting close to our time. So, but yeah. if there anything with you know coming up as we're coming up to you know the holidays, the new year, what is coming on the horizon for Jackalope? Like you guys expanded a few yeah. years ago, and 
you know, you're in a few states distribution wise now, you're in a bigger system, you can your own beer. Um, what does the future look like for Jackalope? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a good question. Um, you know, for one, I mean, that snowman stout that we, uh, that we previewed here, uh, flash that's, that's one on the seasonal right now that, uh, you know, we're really excited going into Christmas. It's a partnership with all of Sinclair, uh, ch- chocolate, which is a local chocolate company here. We use their cocoa nibs and frothy monkey coffee. Um, and so use some other partner with other local companies to make this beer. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome mocha style. So that's something we're really hyping and excited about right now as we go into the holiday season and, uh, another beer and Glenn sounds like you're not a sports fan, but we've got a uh, Preds beer, you know, we're big oh, Nashville yeah. Predators fans down here. It's the 25th anniversary season of the Nashville Predators this year. And we were super excited um you know to 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 partner with them to make the 25th anniversary uh beer uh so uh that's one that 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 you know we we released i think about a about a month ago and and i think the uh, predators were the one we were talking about last time about uh why one of the nicknames for nashville is smashville yes. smashville yeah uh, exactly yes. yep yep so uh yeah i mean i think feel like a lot of people claim smashville too but uh but yeah uh the hockey is is big down here it's one of the things it's kind of love about Nashville, being from the the northeast where i grew up watching it it's kind of fun to see uh a southern city get behind a team like they do here um and yeah 25 years big that's big awesome yeah and so you guys have collaborated, you know, with other breweries, with Hot Chicken, with the Predators, um, coffee. What is just because you've you've got the you've got the um, the exposure right now, and we can ask you this: Who do you, would you love to collaborate with over the next year besides the boss? <laughs> right exactly shoot why you gotta take the boss out <laughs> i mean well yeah. obviously with the boss right. we all want to collaborate with the boss yeah yeah that's a good question um you know i i i think we really love being in music city and you know really don't have any beers that really are like shout music or shout music city so um in the way of 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 beers that pair with music uh something in that in that genre you know be it garth brooks or elvis i don't know um you know it it, it, it's taylor swift if you're listening if you want to do a beer we're in yeah maybe that's my answer actually well how about uh, how about jack white yeah Uh, jack white's a good one yeah he's a nashville guy yeah, we our brewery used to be a quarter mile from his uh, recording studio. There studio. you go. I mean, I, I'm thinking like a, a, like some kind of white stripes, like maybe like a, a pairing where one is one is white yeah. and one is black, and you know, yeah. uh, like a pilsner and a stout or some, some something like along those lines. Uh, yeah, something music related. I think is the the answer for sure. Yeah. All right. So any musician, seven pilsner yeah. army. I don't know. Oh, no, I'm go. sorry. No, a seven seven uh, seven hop army. Yeah, um, yeah, like yeah. some with the seven different hops in. I don't know. That's that's yeah. just yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it out. But yeah. any musician that is listening in Nashville or outside of Nashville yes. that wants to be in Nashville, 
hook up with Jackalope. They want to do a collaboration. We want you to do the collaboration. Yeah. And I think it's just, a, it's a win-win for, for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Is there anything else that you want to plug um, as well with Jackalope? Oh gosh. Uh, no, just, I mean, if you're in Nashville, I know a lot of folks are coming uh, or visiting Nashville. Um, you know, just visit our, our tap room. I think we have a really cool outdoor patio. Uh, you know, we got a tap room where you can look right into the brewery. We have an awesome event space. And, you know, I, I think speaking for so many uh, breweries, uh, I would say the best way to support a brewery still is is to visit their tap room and buy a beer right from the source. I 100% support that. And and I, the flip side of that is I'm also really looking forward to seeing your beers here in New York. I was just doing yes, a search on yeah. beer menus. I can't find any of them yet, but I'm really looking forward to that changing. Uh, I also, I know we don't have time to go into this in detail, but I really loved uh, your commitment to sustainability that's yes. on the website. Uh, the fact that I've, I've always heard reduce, reuse, recycle, but you have a fourth R return about how you give back to the community. And I think that, uh, absolutely. And we, we actually, um, um, like CO2, we recapture it and we reuse that and even recycle our, our CO2, which is kind of one of the things really unique for brewery our size and something we're super proud of. Yeah, no, that was one thing. Yeah, obviously we don't have much time, but yeah. the fact that you guys are all about sustainability and especially as you ramped up, you didn't lose any of that either, mm-hmm. uh, which sometimes, you know, cost effective. You you have to take um, and do what you can for the business, but you're still focused on that. And I wasn't aware that you recaptured your CO2. And I think that's amazing yeah. um, that you do that because- <laughs> That's that's a lot of work. It is. Uh, it is. It is. But that's amazing that you're able to. And then, but that's also going back to kind of the original roots of brewing in general, of not just letting it escape and then right. just, let's just plug it back in, but let's use what we have. And I think that's kind of what I've noticed just from drinking this beer and chatting with you of bringing everything full circle, of using all the ingredients, staying local. You, collaborating but then you're also reusing and collaborating with what's already in the beer that's happening to mm-hmm. stay this sustainable which is awesome yeah. um yeah i mean we yeah. are i i know we could me and glenn could keep talking to you <laughs> first for, we could while. Yeah. um well, but yeah i want to thank you guys too uh i appreciate so much y'all being so passionate about craft beer and you know, and anybody who's listening to, I, I just, you know, that's, it's just awesome to just sit and talk with you all and just have a good time and have a beer and uh, appreciate it. So thank you so much. <laughs> no, yeah, no, thank you. And one last cheers. Um, cheers. Salud, Prost, Nestrovia. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, no. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, and let me see someone in the chat. Uh, RJ, we don't quite have CBT in Nashville yet. Um, uh, maybe in the future, there's enough breweries for sure. Um, Steve, do you, I know you said you weren't sure. Do you know how many roughly breweries are in the Nashville area? Uh, I, I mean, I would say in the vicinity of downtown, probably at least 20, 25. Wow. And so, yeah, a good number. Yeah. So that's a good like night crawl to, yep. to go from brewery to brewery in a night. Um, yep. maybe a little too much in the night, but we'll make <laughs> it work. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely a trip. Um, I've I've grew up going to Nashville off and on, so I'd nef- definitely need to come down, uh, visit you guys, and visit all the other breweries. Um, but thank you so much for joining with us. Thank you for to all of our listeners. Uh, as we are coming into the holidays, um, feel free. Please go over to our website. And if you want to go, you know, shop.citybrewtours.com. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's going to be the 12 beers of Christmas before we know it, plus the I'm... Hanukkah, eight beers of Hanukkah. <laughs> and the eight beers of Hanukkah is starting in very, very soon. Still um, not too late to order, though, is it? Nope. No, nope. oh, good. We're still, I think we still got those orders out there. Um, feel free to go to that shop, get that. Uh, we do have another great city coming up next month as well. It is already on the website, but I'll also say it here because I like spoilers. Um, We will be going to the opposite part of the country and going to Spokane, Washington. Um, So we're going to be hitting another, some more amazing breweries, four amazing breweries, um, getting more beer, talking to more brewers, and just, as Steve said, having beers and hanging out. And just getting the word out of other um, local breweries. And in the chat, Jonathan already has both boxes. Um, yes. So, which it will be great. Uh, that is our episode for to this month for this city. I think we wrapped up Nashville on a high note. Um, no pun intended with the music. And, and, and uh, Roger was asking if I'll Love be it. back next month. I don't I don't believe I will be. But if you want to hear more of me and Jonathan and us, please check out the Beer Avengers uh, at the Beer Avengers. Uh, if you want to come see, we did our crossover episode after last week's episode. If you want to hear what happens when Jonathan and I do drink more beers after this is all over. Yeah, that, that, that's a whole lot of fun uh, at, at the Beer Avengers. I, I think some of you followed us there. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah, to, we, to, we got yeah. some new followers on both <laughs> yeah. sides. Uh, yes, out of uh, context, Steve, we had our beers here and then we had more beers over as a continuation right after. Uh, yeah. So if you want a good time of us having way too many beers in two hours, um, it's a great listen. Um, but thank you, everybody. We Thanks, will um, see you all next month. Happy holidays, everyone. All right. Bye. Happy holidays. <laughs>